Welcome to Inspire Church's podcast. We're excited you're listening. Our hope is to inspire you to grow in God's Word, to grow more in love with Christ, and to go be a light wherever you are. To find more teachings or donate to the ministry, visit us at inspirechurches.com. Inspire Church family, I've missed you guys so much. The last couple of weeks, We've been having a great time with guest speakers. We started out with Pastor Mikey family coming back and blessing us. We had Pastor Matt Lacey bring us an amazing word, setting the table. And of course, Pastor Ed Paz, who kind of fed us dinner on that table. It's just been an amazing time. But I got to be honest, I miss you guys. Uh, Pastor Roger and I miss you guys. And so your favorite tag team is back. What's your favorite tag team? Anybody ever watch WWF? Some of y'all still watch wrestling. Uh, what's your favorite tag team? I, I know I like the natural disasters. Uh, Google that. You'll laugh. You'll get a good laugh at that. But, but Pastor Roger and I are back. We are excited to tag team a six-week sermon series. That's right, a new sermon series at Inspire that we are calling Unstoppable Church. We are unstoppable. Unstoppable is in our spiritual heritage. It's in our DNA. Not even a pandemic can stop the church. And so here's what we're going to do. For the next six weeks, we're going to take six stories from the book of Acts. Six stories that demonstrate and and display the resiliency of the early church. Six stories that display the bounce back of the early church in the midst of adversity and opposition. And and so we are so excited to grab from the book of Acts, to to learn uh, 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 from the early church and apply it to us today so that we could be encouraged and inspired as a church to move forward in our time and in our day. And my prayer has been that this series would catapult Inspire Church to another level. I want Unstoppable to really be a bridge to something bigger and better and greater in the fall. And so my prayer is that everyone who's been watching and that will be watching during this series just will feel, I don't know, a second wind of the Holy Spirit. And you would be inspired uh, to move forward in your faith like Never before. This Unstoppable series has literally been in the making for months. And, and so he, I know things have been difficult, family. Like things have been so difficult for me. Uh, we've been sheltered in place. We've been confronted with racial injustice. Uh, we've been bombarded by, by death tolls, hospital capacity, daily infection rates. Some of us have lost our jobs while some of us have been just living in that constant fear of the unknown economically, and to make matters worse, right, we've missed the presence of the physical gathering of the church on Sunday mornings. And these have been uncertain times to really say the very least, but, but I believe this series and I believe this entire month of August is, is really going to provide fresh encouragement, fresh joy, fresh vision, fresh commitment to the mission and ultimately a renewed trust in the Lord Jesus like never before. You can pause right now and you can look at the last 140 days of this pandemic and you can say, you know what, I haven't done what I want. Wanted to do. I'm not where I want to be, but right now you can pause and say everything that I didn't accomplish in the last 140 days spiritually in the month of August, I'm going to accomplish. This is a time to refresh and, and reset. 
And so for, for the sake of, of your spiritual health and for the sake of the mission of God at Inspired Church, will you do me a favor? Will, will you make a commitment to tune in with us? I know, for the next six weeks of Unstoppable Series. Will you make a commitment to tune in? Will you make a commitment to focus on the word like never before? And will you make a commitment to learn from the early church so that we could apply it to our church today so that we can move and become unstoppable in the future? Will you make that commitment with me today? Here's what I wanna do. I wanna pray that prayer over you and then I wanna open up in, in this sermon series kickoff message. And so let's pray. Jesus, we need you like never before. There are people watching right now that are over it. <laughs> They're just ready to get back to normal, whatever that means. There are people watching right now that are in fear economically. Maybe they've lost their job or maybe there's a threat that they might be losing their job, Lord. There are people that are, um, Lord, that are just spiritually not where they want to be. They feel maybe a little complacent, lethargic, Lord God. And maybe they look back at this pandemic and realize, man, God, I, I wish I, I would have been closer to you. And God, but I just pray for a, a, ref a supernatural refreshing, a, a second wind of the Holy Spirit to catalyze us, God, and blow us into a time of refreshing, Lord. So we could gird ourselves up in August and we can begin to prepare for what you want to do with Inspire come the fall and come in the, in the future, Lord. And so, Lord, I just thank you and I pray that this word would be a catalyst and encourager. And I pray it would bless and touch each and every person that's watching. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, the title of my message this morning, and I don't typically start off by giving titles, but I want to do it for this series. The title of my message today is SIP and waiting, right? Sheltered in place and waiting. Now, had I preached this message a year ago, uh, it probably wouldn't carry as much weight and as much meaning as it does now as we have experienced a season of sheltering in place. And so what I'd love for you to do, if you have your Bibles, your Bible apps, we're going to turn to Acts chapter 1. And, and today's message is going to focus from the events of Acts chapter 1. And so what I want to do is I actually want to pause and just read verse 1 to you and kind of set everything up as we continue to move forward. Acts chapter 1, the writer of the book of Acts is actually Dr. Luke. And Luke writes this. In the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach. So he says, in the first book, O Theophilus, and so he's writing to a man named Theophilus. He's telling him, there's a book that I've written before this book. And in that first book, uh, I wrote about all the things that Jesus began uh, uh, to do and to teach. And so let's, from that first verse, let's kind of move into the book of Acts and just kind of get an understanding of the context of the book of Acts. You see, Acts is... A sequel, <laughs> Acts is actually one book in two volumes, right? And, and it's, it's, a, it's a sequel uh, to the book of Luke. 
the Gospel of Luke. Now, some of you may not have known that because in the Bible, the Gospels are Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, then Acts. But, but Acts was meant to be kind of placed and read together with the book of Luke. And so the writer who is Luke tells us that in my first book, uh, I decided to, to look at all that Jesus began to do and teach. And so as Luke's sequel, the book of Acts reveals that all Jesus continues to do and teach. And so traditionally, when you look at the book of Acts, traditionally it's been titled the Acts of the Apostles. But I want you to know it's more than that. Uh, uh, We should see the Acts, the book of Acts, we should see it more like this. The Acts of Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit through the Apostles. And so Acts really is a testimony to the fact that uh, nothing can shut the church down. A church that has been commissioned by Christ, empowered by his Holy Spirit, is unstoppable. Acts is a testimony that nothing can close the church. Nothing can shut the mouth of the church. It records the unstoppable movement of the gospel in face of adversity, opposition, persecution. And I, I love this. uh, uh Look at how the book of Acts concludes, right? Spoiler alert. (laughs) Let's go to the end of the book. It it ends with Paul in Rome. Shout out to our By Faith Alone series. The book of Acts concludes with the Apostle Paul in Rome. Rome is the epicenter of the world. And listen to what it says. The final chapter, the final verse, Acts 28, 31 says this. Paul, proclaiming the kingdom of God, and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness, here it is, and without hindrance, without boldness and without hindrance. From beginning to end, from start to finish, Acts was written to encourage us and show us that Christ is building his church and and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And, And in Luke's final analysis he reveals to us that this gospel mission will be unstoppable in his final analysis Paul in Rome in the epicenter of the world he declares he will preach the gospel boldly and without hindrance the church of Jesus Christ is unstoppable but here's the rub Before they became unstoppable, they first had to stop. Before they began to move, Jesus ordered them to shelter in place and wait, right? Before acts acted, before there was movement and activity, they were first told to pause, to wait, to stop. And so if you're with me, Acts chapter 1 we are going to read verse 3 through 13. The scripture reads like this. Acts chapter 1, verse 3 through 13. It reads like this. He, that's Jesus, presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs 
appearing to them 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. And while staying with them, here it is, he ordered them to not depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father is fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And when he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up and a cloud took him out of their sight. And, and while they were gazing into heaven as he went, behold, two men stood by, him in white, by them in white robes and said, men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven this Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the Mount of Olives, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day journey away. And when they had entered, they went up to the upper room where they were staying. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna finish right there. They went to the upper room and guess what they did? They sheltered in place and waited. Now, most Christians are familiar with the Great Commission's command to go. But what we don't often realize was that the success of the commission's command to go was first preceded by Jesus' order for them to wait. And so I want to look at this community in waiting. I want to look at this community sheltering in place and waiting. And I want to answer these two questions for you today. The first one is this, simple. Why were they waiting? And the second one was, how were they waiting? Why were they waiting? How were they waiting? I mean, with, with, with so much work to be done, right? This is the Great Commission. Jesus says, look, I want you to go to the ends of the earth. Like only 120 people, right? That's less than attend Inspire Church. I want you to take my gospel to the ends of their, like there is so much work to be done. Why would Jesus almost counterintuitively tell them, when they have so much to do to actually pause, right? So much to get done, but instead he orders them to stay in place and wait. Why would Jesus do this? Now, I wanna give you a key biblical principle that I think is really important. If you're taking notes, I'd love for you to write this down, commit this to your heart. But, but here's, here's a biblical principle. Waiting on the Lord is a, humbling experience that reminds us to do things God's way and not our own way in God's strength and not our own. Waiting on the Lord, the, the discipline of waiting on the Lord actually conditions our heart and our will to do things God's way and not our own in God's strength and not our own. So Let's unpack this principle in the text. And so the scripture tells us after Jesus resurrected, 
Jesus spent 40 days with his followers, right, teaching them the kingdom of God. What, a, what an amazing moment. Now, I'm not quite sure the details of what Jesus was teaching them. In fact, Scripture doesn't really tell us. Scripture says he was teaching them about the kingdom of God. But, but I imagine what Jesus was doing is he was kind of connecting the Old Testament dots, uh, showing his followers that his life and his death and his resurrection was, was fulfilled and, and prophesied by in the Old Testament. He fulfilled what their ancient texts spoke of. And after this divine seminar, like, can you imagine 40 days with the God of this universe? Like, talk about a Q&A. Talk about a theology and coffee. Talk about uh, being a fly on the wall for that Q&A session. Jesus Christ giving 120 of his people a, a private lesson on the mysteries of the kingdom. And, and after he finishes this divine seminar, I want you to look at the question that they ask him. Listen to the question that they ask him. They say, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? <laughs> right? In, in, in other words, hey, Jesus, you know, great seminar. Like, that was really good stuff. Like, thank you for dropping that knowledge. But are we ready to take over the world now? <laughs> Let's talk about that. Like, that was good stuff, Jesus. Like, man, I appreciate you connecting all of those dots. But, but we're ready for global domination. Like, all 120 of us, we're ready to write. Like, is now the time? <laughs> and Jesus responds, man, you guys, you guys don't get it. Right, that, that's, that's above your pay grade, right? That's, that's not for you to decide. And I got to be honest, as a pastor, I feel good about this. Uh, because a lot of times, and parents, if you're out there, this will be good for you, right? We get so frustrated because we feel like we break down things to our children. Or, or as a pastor, I feel like, man, I break things down to my congregation. And, and maybe you're a teacher out there. You feel like you've done a great job of teaching. And all of a sudden, as your child or your student ever come up to you and ask you a question, you're like, wait a minute. They're like, didn't we just go over all of this? Right? Well, if they did that to Jesus, the, the greatest teacher who ever existed in human history, well, then I don't feel too bad uh, when it's done to me as a teacher, as a pastor, or as a parent. But that's, that's a side note. Jesus says, hey, look, that's above your pay grade. Like, you, you still don't get it. But, but let me explain something. That question that they're asking is actually exposing a desire of theirs, right? That's what they really wanted, Right? And, so, and so what we see in that question is an exposure of what they wanted. This was their idea. This was their plan. And, and, and isn't this often what our will looks like, right? Isn't it, our will, our desire, our plan is always self-first, not selfless, right? It's, it's self-promoting, right? How, how can I get ahead? That's my plan, right? It's self-preserving, right? How, how can I protect myself? Like, that's my plan right? It's, it's self-serving. And what's really sad is even after spending 40 days with Jesus, their, their vision was, was so limited by selfishness. They wanted Israel to be a global power, triumphing over the nations in dominance. But God wanted the triumph of the gospel to go to the nations, not in dominance, but in humility in suffering, in sacrifice. Yes, they would take the kingdom to the ends of the earth, but it would happen through suffering, through hardship, and in the face of tremendous adversity. 
And, and this is still true of God's people today, right? Anyone, listen, anyone who desires to take the gospel, whether it's to the nations or to your neighbors, uh, will have to be prepared to pay some kind of cost. I heard a preacher say once, the gospel never triumphs without God's people in some sense bearing the cross with Christ. And this will prove so true for the church right away. In just a few chapters in the book of Acts, the early church will be beaten, dragged out of their homes and thrown into prison. They'd be pelted with stones to death, betrayed, rejected, and abandoned, all for the sake of this beautiful news that in Christ, the wrath of God, the penalty of that wrath has been fully paid so, so why did Jesus order them to shelter in place and wait? Why? Because the discipline of waiting on the Lord ensured that they'd not only do things God's way, but they would do it in God's strength. It's so powerful. I just, I pause for a moment because here is God's people after Jesus has resurrected and he's given them a command to go. And Jesus is saying, before you go, I want you to wait because there's some things I need to correct in your understanding. You're not gonna do it your way. You're gonna do it my way. And you're not gonna do it in your strength because you're gonna do it in my strength. And can I just say something? When it's a God idea and not a good idea, you're gonna need more strength than you have. And so while waiting, it, it, it started to sink in for them. Right? While waiting, it started to become apparent to them. What, what lies ahead is gonna be daunting for us as, as a people of God. Look, they begin to, while waiting, they realize 120 people with, with limited resources, uh, they were not well-connected. These weren't politicians. Uh, uh, they were nobodies. They, they were called to reach the ends of the earth and to make matters worse. They were called to do it with every demon and devil and force of hell coming against them. 120 people called to reach the ends of the earth with every demon and devil and hell coming against them. This impossible task was going to need a move of God and not a move of man. So Jesus, <laughs> he answers their misguided question like this. Listen, he says, it is not for you to know the times or seasons that the father has fixed by his own authority. But, thank God for but, but, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses to Judea, Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Why, why were they sheltering in place and waiting? Because the only way they could be able to successfully accomplish God's plan in God's way by God's strength was if they waited on the power of the Holy Spirit. And this still remains true for the church today. 
How can anyone, (laughs) hear me out, fam, how could anyone stay connected in a time when Sundays are closed? (laughs) Only by the power of the Holy Spirit. How can anyone take a forward step in their faith during a pandemic season that has tempted all of us to take a step back only by the power of the Holy Spirit? How can Inspired Church do more than survive but thrive in this time only by the power of the Holy Spirit? Listen, God God's church in every generation has continued on mission in spite of opposition because they did not run the race in their own strength, but they had the power of the Holy Spirit. This is what makes the church unstoppable. Not its preaching, not not its cool lights and, and, and its hip worship. Not its wonderful kids' ministry and programming and, and, and all of the fixings uh, uh, for the whole family, uh, but its complete and utter dependency upon the power of the Holy Spirit. And sometimes the church has to get shut down so it can reopen depending on the power of God and not the programs of man. It's interesting. Isn't that exactly what the pandemic is doing right now? It's taken away a lot of what we have come to depend on and has left us with no choice but to rely on the Holy Spirit. Now that we know why they waited, I want us to see how they waited. Now, recently, my wife and I, this has actually been really cool. Uh, We have, there are two couples that are going to be getting married soon. Some of you are, couples you're watching, shout out to Michelle and Vince, I love y'all. Ashley and Ricky, we love you guys. Um, we have been walking them through premarital counseling. And what premarital counseling is, just in case you're out there listening, it's not weird or crazy what it is, it's just a preparation for marriage during the engagement season. And so one of the exercises that my wife leads Uh, She teaches couples through an exercise, the art of what we call active listening. (laughs) And so so it's really fun. Those of you watching who have been through this, you're probably laughing right now, but it's kind of a little awkward because it's a little mechanical. But what we do is we get the two couples together and they write down three things that they really want or desire of their spouse. And then they're supposed to sit down we do this through Zoom, by the way, just in case somebody thinks we're breaking the law out there. (laughs) They sit down together and they're supposed to communicate what they want and how it would make them feel if they got it. And it's not done there because now it's time for the partner to do active listening. So what is active listening? Active listening is the partner listens, but then repeats to the spouse what they heard. And it's funny because it could be a little awkward. It's a little giggly at first. But what it really teaches and trains is that listening is so much more than just sitting there. And so this this exercise is so helpful because we tend to think of listening as this passive moment where we kind of just sit on our hands and kind of say, uh-huh, right? And, and some of you are out there, like you, you're frustrated with your spouse. You ever try to have a conversation and they're like scrolling Right, so they're talking to you, but they're looking at their phone, right? We want like, if you're like me, I, poor Jamila, I love you, Jimmy, but I need like eye contact, I need engagement, I need response, right? Have you ever tried to like say something to somebody and you just feel like they got too much going on, they're not really paying attention, right? And so what active listening does 
is it empowers you to understand listening as not just sitting on your, you know, on your hands and saying, uh-huh, but active listening is not a passive hearing, but, it, but it's an engagement with your partner's heart and a validation that you heard what they said, an acknowledgement that you heard what they said. So what does that all have to do with this? And in the same way, the disciples were in the upper room. Check it out. They weren't just waiting. They were actively waiting. You see, how do we wait? Waiting on the Lord is not a passive event. When we wait on the Lord, we don't just go through our normal routines of life and hope that there's some kind of divine, miraculous uh, uh, thing that happens that kind of stops us in our tracks, uh, some sort of divine interruption. No, no, we actively wait. We don't passively stand by. And so we see the the early church here in in the book of Acts teaching us how to shelter in place. Now watch this, and actively wait. In verse 12, how did they actively wait? In verse 12, we're told, are you ready? They returned to Jerusalem. I want you to know, how do we actively wait? This was obedience to Jesus' order. Remember, Jesus told them, go back to Jerusalem. They were being obedient to what Jesus had said. I I love this. They they heard his word. Are you ready? And they applied his word uh, uh, even when he was not physically around. Amen? Uh, They heard his word and they applied his word even when Jesus was not physically there. And I got to be honest, I've seen for us while sheltering in place, the enemy has tried to attack and distract us. Come on, can I get an amen? I'm going to do it right now. In the comments, uh, can I get an amen? Have you felt the distraction of the enemy in this time, trying to distract you, trying to uh, attack you, and trying to disconnect you from hearing and applying the word of God, right? You have Zoom fatigue, right? Not another Zoom. Uh, uh, We have uh, Facebook Live fatigue. Some of you were scrolling to church, but we're not going to church, right? And you see the enemy is attacking our ability to sit and become obedient to the word of God. We no longer go to church. We scroll through church and it gets so easy to disappear in those moments. But when you're actively waiting, right? You're not just sitting around waiting for a divine intervention, but but you're engaging in obedience to the word of God. How about verse 14? How did they actively wait? Verse 14 tells us they were all with one accord, right? All these with one accord. What does that mean? They were unified in their waiting. (laughs) They were all on the same page. They They all had the same mind. They all had the same gospel mission. Can I be honest? During shelter in place, I see the opposite in the church. We're not unified. We're divided. There's so much division. Masks. To mask or not to mask. Politics. To Democrat or to Republican. Race. Black lives matter? Black lives, I'm not sure. Do they matter? Do they not matter? Are you with, are you with the organization or are you just trying to say, you know, sometimes I like, well, maybe I should just say black lives are valuable. And maybe most people say, oh yeah, we got it, right? But if I say black lives matter, like, wait a minute, are you with the organization or are you not? Like, there's just, there's just so much divide, so much division, right? To open the church, to close the church, right? There was this like meme about pastors, like all these different voices. And I have to say, Inspired Church, I love y'all. I want you to know, 
You guys have been great and wonderful. And it's okay if you have your opinions. Like, I'm not saying don't have an opinion. I'm not saying don't vote for this or don't vote for that, right? But I'm just saying it's so easy, right, to allow division to enter into our hearts during this time. And so the early church is sheltering place and waiting, and they're in one accord. But right now, I feel like we're divided. Catherine was saying this, and it really stuck with me. It feels like because we don't go to church physically, it's so easy to dehumanize each other. And now the monster of our Facebook persona comes out. And so the only way the church gets to know each other right now is not a greet or a handshake or a love, an eye-to-eye, face-to-face on Sundays. It's through what you liked, what you didn't like, what you reposted, what you didn't repost. And the enemy is using that. I call it our, our, our social media alter egos. We all have them. Verse 14, how did they wait? Tells us that they were devoted to prayer. (laughs) And verse 16 reveals to us that they were even studying the scriptures, right? Peter gets up and as he's reading the scriptures, he discovers something. And so we see the church obedient to the word of Christ. We see our church in in one accord and unified while sheltered place. They're praying, they're in their word. I wonder if sheltering in place has stirred up inside of you and I a greater devotion toward prayer and to the scripture or toward compromise and indifference? I want you to see the question answered. How do we shelter in place and actively wait? Now, can I say the context is different here? I'm, I'm not trying to say that everything is the same from the early church and us, but what I'm trying to say is how can we draw from this story and find some inspiration as we're tired in this season? We're ready for it to be over. So how did they not just wait, but actively wait? How maybe is the Lord calling you right now while we're sheltered in place to not just wait, but to actively wait. I want you to listen to the formula. I want you to listen to the formula. Obedience to Jesus, unity in the body, devotion to prayer, and study of scripture. Obedience to Jesus, unity in the body, devotion to prayer, and a study of scripture. Obedience to Jesus, unity in the body, devotion to prayer, and study the scripture. Obedience to Jesus, unity in the body, devotion to prayer, and a study of scripture. My question to you is this. How have you been spending your time in this pandemic season? So, how do we shelter in place and wait. Obedience to Jesus, unity in the body, devotion to prayer, the study of scripture. How have you been spending this time in this season? I wanna conclude the message today by sharing with you just a little bit of my heart as your pastor for Inspired Church. And I I think there are two levels here. It's not just Inspired Church, the, the organization, but it's Inspired Church, each member. And so 
What I'm about to share with you right now in terms of Inspire Church, I think it doesn't, again, doesn't just deal with the organization, but it deals with each person who's watching me right now that calls himself a member of Inspire, or you've been touched by Inspire in some way. I counted, I feel like for the last 140 days that we have sheltered in place in California, Inspire Church has been playing defense. We've been reacting and responding, right? And the staff has been amazing. We're listening to the county health officials. We're listening to the federal government. And, and, and every time something comes out, we, we react and we respond to it. I mean, overnight, we transitioned the church. I'm so proud of the team. Like overnight, we went online. Like we reimagined and recreated the church. And it was beautiful. We, we adapted quickly. But I feel like, a new shift is coming. A, a new shift is taking place. If you're with me right now and you're watching, I know you feel it too. Like we can't live off of that old bread for the first 140 days. Like we can't continue to go into our next 140 days living the same way we've been living, praying the same way we've been praying, doing church the same way we've been doing church. Something has to shift. Something has to change. The, that bread is old. It's moldy. It's stale. Some of us are falling back and, and we need something new and something fresh to get back on mission. We need to get back on offense. I've been telling the, the staff this, and, and you're probably going to hear it. I, I, I've been saying this to a lot of people. Like, we've been playing defense for 140 days, but we need to begin to be praying for how to play offense for the rest of the year. And I, want, I want you to hear me out. I believe August, August in fact, we're jumping in. August is important to me, y'all. August is my birthday. I will be 39 in how many days? 16 days. I have no problems giving away my age. But August is powerful for me because it, it was the month I was born. But I want to say for the entire church, August means something. I believe August is going to be a month of refreshing. I believe August is going to be a month of resetting. And, and I'm calling. Listen, if you're listening to me right now, I'm calling upon all leaders at Inspire, all members at Inspire, anyone watching me right now who feels connected to Inspire to take the month of August to not just wait, but to actively wait on the Lord. I want the month of August. I want all of Inspire Church. Again, all leaders, all members, anybody who calls himself friends and family of Inspire, you're watching right now. I want us all right now to actively wait on the Lord in the month of August. And I wouldn't have you do something that the Lord hasn't led me to do, something that the Lord hasn't led the staff to do. I've been talking to the staff. I've been talking to some teams already. Some of you might be listening. You know where I'm going to go with this. I, I've asked the Lord, God, what does that look like for me? Maybe I can give you how I'm going to actively wait. And maybe you don't have to do everything I'm doing, but maybe it will inspire you in the month of August. There's a few areas in my life I feel like the Lord is leading me to actively wait in August. Let me just give them to you quickly and then we'll pray. Number one, rest. Rest. So tired. I'm tired. Like I need, I need rest. And so I'm giving Inspire staff off Monday and Tuesday, every Monday and Tuesday off the entire month. 
We even brought in the Katinas. Y'all have been joining the Katinas? This was week one. Uh, the Katinas are gonna be with us for the next five weeks. Why do we do that? We, we wanted the worship team to rest, the production team to rest, the, the pastors to rest this entire month so we can refresh and reset. How can we go on offense and stop playing defense unless we create moments and times to breathe and rest and reset and hear the Lord? Rest. Number two, physical health. Physical health. You know, that's not biblical. It's absolutely biblical. I'm resetting my diet, y'all. Pandemic diet. Anybody have gained the COVID-19? Like, there's a lot there. Right? I need to rest. I need to reset. I'm going to reset my diet. I'm, there's an exercise routine in August that I plan to hit every day. Not just my physical health. My mental health, man. My mental health. I, I've shared with you guys anxious, worry, voices in and out of my head. And, and, and what I mean by that is just listening to the po political voices and listening to the, to the, uh, 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 to the medical voices and uh, so many things going on. And I've been hearing the Lord and wanting to hear him more. And so for my own mental health, here's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm turning out the noise in August. I plan this entire month to give up my social media. I, I don't want your applause. And none, some of you are probably not even going to applaud because you've done this before, but I'm just stopping my social media for the month of August. I'm just stopping it. I, I want to focus on the voice of the Lord. Not just my mental health, but my spiritual health. During this pandemic season, I've really seen my devotion time actually increase. <laughs> it's actually this pandemic season, it's increased for me. It's been really interesting. And if you want to talk to me personally about it, I'd love to share with you why. Um, but I want to add to what I've already been experienced, I wanna add a schedule of fasting in August. I, I plan to regularly, and I know I'm not supposed to like share it to the rooftops. I'm not sharing this so you can be like, oh, that's really cool, Pastor, you're really holy. I'm, I'm hoping to inspire you in this time to think about what resting and resetting in August looks like for you. I'm looking forward to meeting with God. And finally, number five, vision, vision, vision. Inspired church has played defense for 140 days. It's time for the church to go on offense. I, I don't want to just survive this season, y'all. I, I want to thrive. Like, I don't want to just come back whenever we come back, whatever that looks like, and, and just come back half the people we were. I want to come back stronger and better and more dependent on the Spirit of God than ever before. I, I don't just want to survive this season. I, I want to thrive. I want to multiply. So I'm asking the Lord for greater vision for September, greater participation in September. We want more souls saved than the next year at Inspire than the previous four years combined. I'm calling all staff, all board, all coaches, captains, connect leads and hosts, all team members and church members and anyone who feels led by the spirit to shelter and place and wait on the Lord in the month of August. Remember, before the church became unstoppable, they first were told to shelter in place and wait. And not just wait, but to actively wait on the Lord. Let's pray. Jesus, 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 we need you. But as I read the book of Acts, you left. <laughs> you left. You're, you're, you're at the right-hand side of the Father, reigning over the church right now. And so, so what we really need and what you've already given to us, and so maybe it's not even what we need, it's what we need to open up our eyes and see that we have the power of the Holy Spirit. 
Lord, anyone who has listened to my message today, who's felt like they've taken steps back in this season, anybody who's listened to my message today, I feel like this pandemic season has got them angry, frustrated, confused, fearful right now. God, I pray that we would engage, Lord God. I pray starting today, the month of August will be a time of reset, refresh, actively waiting on the Lord. What does that look like? Obedience to Jesus, unity in the body, the prayer, devotion to prayer and to study of scriptures, unity, God. What is it? Obedience to Jesus, unity in the body, devotion to prayer and to study of scripture, God. May, May, August, not just for the organization of Inspire, but for the parts of Inspire, the members, may it be a time that we would actively wait so that we as a body of Christ in September and in the fall can stop playing defense, start being on offense, and being the unstoppable church that your Holy Spirit has empowered us to be. Lord, I love you. I love you. You're so good. I could already feel you downloading vision, giving us vision even now. We haven't even fully got into August, and I already sense you leading us. And so, Lord, the last thing I pray is that for those of us that have been over-dependent on a service, may we become more dependent on your Holy Spirit like never before in this month of August. God, we are an unstoppable church, and we thank you for your presence in your spirit by your son. And we ask these things in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Let's pray. Let's rest. Let's reset. Let's wait. And let's become unstoppable. Thank you for joining us for this week's Inspire Churches podcast. Don't forget to share or subscribe to join us every Sunday. You can keep up with Inspire Churches through Instagram at Inspire Churches or on Facebook at facebook.com slash Inspire Churches. To support the ministry, you can click on the link in the description or visit us at inspirechurches.com for more information.